0: week has been going very strong. Prices are pumping. We have a lot to discuss. We're going to analyze a bit. Where's this price pump coming from? Are institutions front-running retail right now? Let's look at the data. Let's look where all this is coming from. We're also going to be talking about our renaming Big topic from last Wednesday. We celebrated our fourth cake anniversary. We celebrated two weeks later due to logistics because there was just a lot going on. And so I want to give you a bit of a summary from all that. We have some really beautiful videos that you should be watching, but I want to give you a bit of some insights there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really cool, nice episode. First and foremost, Fabio, how are you doing? How is everything? How's the community? Give us a bit of the kind of Birds, Eye overview before we dive in.
1: Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I really uh, Julian um, had a, a, a nice. We had a nice interaction last week because, um, as many of you know, I spend a lot of time on social media, a lot of time on Telegram, and good news and bad news tend to affect me a lot uh, in in my personal well being and in my my state of mind and, and and so on. And of course, if prices are going up and everybody uh, seems to be excited uh, again about the, the, the things that are happening uh, I tend to get excited as well and I really tend to reflect that within internal company meetings and and, and so on so I have to say I'm, I'm I'm pretty hyped I'm very happy with the that we are popping that we are currently holding the price levels we at, that we are right now um, and um, all the, the the interesting things that are going on both internally at bake um, and and um, externally or like within our our industry, the whole market, uh, uh, yeah.
0: That's amazing. Great. Then uh, let's go in with the topics. I wanna start today with our renaming. We're gonna do this first. Um, and afterwards, we're gonna look at prices. Look, where is this pump coming from? We're gonna look, w- what are institutions doing right now? And so that's kind of a bit of the outline of all this. Um, I'm pretty sure over the past week, you have noticed that we did a bit of some proper structuring. And with that proper structuring, we did a renaming. And so I quickly maybe want to walk you back, I think, four months ago. Yusin and I were sitting down and we had a bit of a discussion. And so we looked at the company and we kind of made some plans for Q2 and Q3 and until the end of the year. And so what became very, very obvious that that company that got started four years earlier, Cake, became bigger and bigger and bigger, added more and more verticals. And actually, the retail side, which most of you kind of care about, I assume, and that's the videos you're watching, that's the Twitter Spaces you're listening to, has become actually less than 50% of the team. Um, actually, more people are outside of the retail side. They're either working on the R&D side, birthday research. They are working on the Levain side, which is the uh, enterprise side. Um, they have to do. They have to work on the on the treasury. They they do things that are not necessarily involved in the retail side. And so, but everyone so whenever we had town halls and when we had meeting it was always about cake but cake at the end was always retail and so a lot of also team members they were struggling a little bit with that and I felt that and so for us it meant to properly structure all that and I didn't want to let go of the name cake so I saw some of those super stupid kind of feedback things I know these are like trolls and haters but I just want to address that obviously I saw people saying "Ah." Oh, Cake just wants to whitewash it and want to get rid of the name, and that's why they're renaming. Absolutely BS. None of that is true. Um, If that were true, we would have dropped the name Cake. But actually, we did the exact opposite. We're calling the entire group Cake, and we are um, actually um, going and we renamed the uh, retail site. But Cake is still there. And so the absolute crucial thing to understand here is, we want to have the entire group with Cake. We have a brand new website um, for that. Um, the website is very much actually in line with how Alphabet does their website, uh, which is um, very much on a group site, so you can see the, the, the different verticals on this. And then if you scroll down, um, it's basically me telling the story, sharing a bit and all that, and so and that's it. And we're not planning on actually adding much more to this website, so it's going to stay very, very basic, cakes.group, and it just kind of talks about um, where we are all in this. And if you want, you can click on these things, and then you can actually go to the to the various things. So, yeah, and then if you um, go, for example, um, to bake, then you can see the old uh, cake website, but now with bake. Also, if you go to the uh, old uh, com website, you automatically get Forward it. So, yeah. Um, On the one hand, it's really about that bigger picture here, the group. Um, On the other hand, we also love that name Bake. We were really kind of reflecting on what kind of name do we choose there. We had a lot of names, but I think Bake is really, really nice. Also, because we can do a lot of fun wordplays. Um, you're going to be the bakers, um, we can do some... It's very still in line with everything we're doing, um, very close to the cake name, and I think it's going to be very, very nice, Very a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of explain that and align all that so that you understand a bit of the reasoning behind it. Um, to be honest, we're not going to be all too strict about it. Again, like I said, none of that is a must. It's more of for us to kind of structure everything, put the identity on everything. Um, internally, externally, we're not too picky about all these things, so it's going to be a step-by-step process. Emails, step-by-step, are going to be sent out from the new domain. The old domains are still going to be working. Um, on the logos, on videos, we don't really care. Um, it's really more on step-by-step progress. I, I, to me, it's very, very similar um, probably like Facebook did with Meta. I mean, that had a bit of a deeper change there, but it's still, I mean, it's still Facebook, right? Um, Google and Alphabet. So I think this is more of a of the kind of thing. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of explain that a bit and I hope this makes sense. I know, Fabio, if you want to add anything there, stuff that you saw from uh, questions or, or something we still need to address here.
1: Um so the the only thing that I would like to add is more of maybe a bit the customer facing or the community facing side the things that I personally struggled slightly with the old name and that are definitely going to improve with the with the new name and I know this is not true for you know if you have been with us you 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 know these things but this is more true for new customers so as some of you might know uh, there is a project on BNB that's called PancakeSwap, and actually they launched later than we did, but they they have a fairly good um, um, brand recognition. A lot of people know about them because of all the food tokens that we saw in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, and uh, a lot of people that have never heard of Cake. If if you mention, like for example, if I go to friends and I say, "Hey, I'm working for Cake." And, and then they, they ask, Is this is this a pancake swap thing? Is this a yeah. um, and, and this was one confusion that I encountered a lot on the community facing side. And then and, and another thing is um so the old name, cake DeFi it, it while cake or bake now is a, a perfect interface to interface with the decentralized finance world, which is what DeFi stands for, it is a C or a C DeFi platform mm-hmm. because we are a regulated entity in Singapore and a lot of people confused this. They, they, they were like, okay, but you, you were, your name is DeFi and you're a company. How how can this be? And um, so the, the DeFi part of the name uh, led to a, a few uh, to a bit of confusion because people were like, okay, how can you be decentralized if you are a company? And here it is important to iterate, um, we are a CDFI, so we are a centralized company that gives you the ability to interface with decentralized protocols. Like all the services that CAKE offers, you can access those services directly, natively on most blockchains. Like if you want to do Ethereum staking, you can set up your own node. Uh, if you, but if you don't have 32 ETH and if you don't have the program and knowledge to do so, you are probably better suited with a service like ours. And so these two things, um, they are super, super helpful. And um, they just help with a bit less confusion. But as Julian said, we didn't drop the name. We more, more or less consolidated all the different verticals um, into the cake group. And I, by the way, I pinned, so for everybody on YouTube, you saw the screen share that Julian just did. For everybody on Twitter, I pinned this tweet. So if you open uh, your Twitter spaces, you you can see all of the, the, the layouts uh, vi- visually. Uh, that's probably the only
0: thing I would, would add to that. Cool, no, thanks for adding that. Um, yeah, I hope this makes this clear, check it out. Um, also on our uh, YouTube channel, there's a really, really beautiful um, kind of four-year highlight video. I think this is really, really nice. Also, we have the cake cakeversary video on there, so I think it's really, really great. Watch this, I think it's really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, with that, I think let's move on. Let's move to a price topic. Fabio, what happened over the past week? Uh, You seem happy. People are happy. Prices have been pumping. I don't know. Give us a bit of the what's going on. What's the chatter on the street? And then um, you have prepared a couple of charts. I'll be uh, sharing them. But uh, yeah, before we do that, uh, talk a bit about what's going on, uh, what's happening. Um, Yeah.
1: Yes. um, So price-wise, of course, if you you haven't noticed, we went from like a consolidation period where we were hanging out at 25,000 or in the mid-20s range up to um, above 30. Um, We are currently hanging out at 30,600. And it has been a strong week. So we're up on the seven days, uh, 14%. um, And it has been a while, because previous to that, we had two months of nothingness, like just sideways price action. And of course, the beginning part of the year and the later part of last year wasn't that bullish and it wasn't that much excitement. And we kind of went from being slapped in the face by all the regulatory mania that is going on in the US or the regulatory unclarity um, or or confusion to um, a very bullish sentiment where actually a lot of institutions worldwide, like we saw news out of Hong Kong, uh, we saw news out of Germany. We saw news out of uh, the United States that the big players like Fidelity and BlackRock are uh, submitting spot ETFs, and kind of a lot of institutions and a lot of countries that are very much open and, uh, and, and, and um, giving a, a positive signals uh, about crypto adoption. Um, and I would make the argument that this is the main reason that, that the price moved. Um, of course, you have a little bit more insights, especially when it comes to fund flows, which um, I, I would love to hear on. And maybe then I I can add with a with a minor conspiracy theories when it comes to all of these ETFs. So um, <laughs> I, I think you you mentioned some, something previous to us starting the space um, that um, there has been like a confirmed fund flow. Can you can you yeah. uh, I mean, tell us think, a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think two things. Um, first. Um, we did see some action by Binance. Um, there was a lot of rumors and speculation around Prime Trust, which is a custodian. And this custodian um, had some really kind of iffy stuff going on. And I can still not explain that. I mean, if I look at Levain, which is our enterprise side in the group, um, we don't have access to our customer funds. And there it seemed that they have ex- had access and there was a cease and desist. And so there was a lot of speculation that there was a kind of running for the exit. And I do think a lot of that actually had to do with it. But yesterday, news came out from Coinshares, and their data seems pretty legit. And it's quite interesting if you look at this. So we had a record inflow of institutional assets. So 200 million uh, US dollars. And just to kind of put this into perspective, this is pretty much a record now over the last 12 months. Now, 200 million, it's not, I mean, it's not like humongous, 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 right? Um, for maybe some reference, when the Bitcoin futures ETF came out, 1.5 billion flow in just into this one ETF, right? So, kind of put this into perspective. So, we're definitely not in like hypey, hypey, hypey uh, territory, but it's stronger than any kind of the past weeks. Now, where it gets very interesting is where did this stuff come in, right? So, this is the last week. Um, obviously, a lot came into the pro shares ETF here. Now, very interesting this ETC, ETC issuance GmbH is a German uh, fund, a lot of it came in there. And then some into others. And so um, we can even see this by asset. And you can see out of the 200 million, the majority here came from Bitcoin. And again, this is not surprising seeing the hype and and seeing all this. Now, again, um, we don't know who these participants are. We can look a bit at the countries, right? So that's also obviously interesting. We have three countries that dominate this. First and foremost, Germany. Um, Like, very interesting. $85 million dollars. United States with $59 million, Canada here with $45 million. So yeah, it's uh, obviously very, very interesting to kind of see this. That's also why the title is, "Our institutions front-running retail? On, to a certain extent, one definitely has to say yes here. Now, obviously, the question is, is it front-running because they know with the ETF, maybe there's got some approvals. Fabi's going to share a few thoughts on this. Is it that this is... I know, just a regular kind of uh, kind of cycle swap. Is this because I know institutions are just kind of flowing in because they need to get out of something or into something? We don't know, but it seems to be coming more from the larger players. So it's going to be very interesting to see also this second this this next week now. Um, also, maybe for some uh, kind of guidance on all these ETFs um, before I let Fabio talk a little bit um, timeline-wise. Right? I mean, this may actually take quite a while still. Um, I think people are talking about that this can take up to 240 days. I don't know, Fabio, if you know the the, the exact numbers. ARK, um, Kathy Wood came out and said that they have first dips. Let's see if she's right. So she says ARK should be the first spot ETF if it gets approved. Very, very interesting. Um, I want to say one thing, though. Um, the way BlackRock is structured is just very, very different to how ARK is structured. So it's going to be quite interesting to kind of see this a bit, but I, I still, I, I'm going to double down on one thing that I had said in the last shows, which is I believe it's more likely that these ETF, ETFs do not get approved rather than that they get approved. I hope they get approved. I still think the odds are less than 50%. So these are just a little bit of my thoughts. Fabio, your side, give us the tinfoil hat uh, uh, kind of ideas. Um, I don't know, uh, hit us
1: um okay so if we just look at the communication that the sec had on all these declined etfs because previously as some of you might have noticed a lot of those etfs they got declined and a lot of people were kind of okay why are you declining these things you gave like kerry Gensler in this case or the sec you like ftx could do whatever they want celsius blockfi like these players you don't say anything but the etfs which would actually be a good product you kind of, kind of cancel all of these. And their communication was always um, that uh, the price is manipulated. And their communication actually has somewhat of a line in it. Because now, with the lawsuit against Binance, they, they practically accused Binance, which has the most volume in crypto space of wash trading and trading against their own customers. So their, their communication is in line. And what you could say, or you could make the argument that they want to push Binance out because they think they are not um, running a, 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 a good organization, a good order book, a fair order book. It's more like they're accusing them of being a black box. They're accusing them of playing against their own customers and so on. So their communication is actually aligned. They, they said, look, the biggest player here, which is Binance, they have the most volumes. They're not running a fair game, meaning we cannot launch an ETF because they will manipulate the prices. That's more or less where they are coming from. And um, like if you put on the tinfoil hat, um, then you could say, okay, they want to kind of drive out the newer institutions like Binance, and they wanna give the business to the traditional institutions, which is of course is BlackRock, Fidelity, Vanguard, uh, State Street, you know, all of these guys, the, the establishments, the people that already control most of the financial world. And it kind of makes sense that um, they are kind of shaking hands um, in the back. And the timing of all of this is just uh, somehow I doubt that this is all just a coincidence. Like it's so um, the pushback against the newer players and then suddenly the search of adoption or the signal that you get from legacy players. And one thing I, I would like to add is a lot of people especially if you have been in crypto for a while you probably are not considering buying any of these ETFs because you know you probably are want to hold the underlying asset you might have that in cold storage or of course you're a customer with us where you also hold the underlying asset and you get some cash flow on it so why should you uh, buy an ETF but let me make one argument why an ETF is very very important and it's probably going to drive a lot of price so um, if you look at a lot of countries like for example I, I just named three because um, and I but randomly. So in the US, you have a a system which is called 401Ks. Uh, Here in the Netherlands, you have a pension system that is voluntarily. And in Switzerland, you have the same, which is called 3A, where people can voluntarily uh, um, save up for their pension and get a lot of tax deductions. So um, you kind of want to max this out. If you're a freelancer, if you have your own company, or even if you are employed, you kind of want to use this option because you get a tax rebate. And right now, um, currently, it, it, only in the US, it is possible to invest via these tax deductions into Bitcoin. And the only real option that you have is GBTC. And come on, probably you don't want to use GBTC because we touched on that issue many, many times. Uh, but a real Bitcoin spot ETF um, could be a game changer there. Like I personally use this de- tax deductions here in the Netherlands. I used it previously in Switzerland, and everybody that is from one of these countries knows exactly what I'm talking about. And um, there might be, or I I would make the argument that there is a big interest in people allocating a small amount, maybe 10% of what they are putting into uh, one of these savings vehicles or pension vehicles into a Bitcoin ETF. And there could be a lot of volume and a lot of interest uh, springing out of this. that uh, because Julian made a lot of arguments, um, um, there like a lot of people say, yeah, it's institutions that couldn't have done billions. And Julian made very eloquent arguments last time that it, this is not the main drive uh, because institutions could do that already. And if volume is really the problem, it will still be a problem with, with the ETFs. Uh, so it's not really, uh, I don't believe in the institutional narrative. Um, I think we're m- very much aligned there. But I guess uh, it could be interesting for for uh, pension savers. Uh, I don't know if you uh, have a a take or an opinion on that as well, Julian.
0: No, it could be very much much true and could also be, I mean, a couple of people are speculating that a lot of these inflows are actually coming from um, uh, the ETFs or the funds actually getting ready to kind of accumulating those uh, Bitcoins right now. So um, quite interesting, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm in line there. Um, Fabio, probably a lot of people are going to be wondering, is this trend going to continue? Where are we going from here? You brought us a couple of charts. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull them up. And I think you're going to make a few comments on those. Uh, and then you let me know if you want to switch the next chart. Uh, the first one we have here is uh, from Plan B. Um, I don't know. Share a bit on what's on that chart. And then what should we watch out for?
1: Yes, um, so Plan B likes to share this chart, and it's called realized price. And um, basically, um, to really dumb it down, is if the red dots are below the blue line, uh, most bitcoins are not in profit. So if the the, the red dots are above the, the blue lines, um, it means that a majority of Bitcoin that got bought over the last few years are in profit. And if it's below that, um, you you're kind of yeah, you're not in profit, and it's a very, it's a good metric to follow. And previously, um, if we broke out of the blue line, we kind of followed uh, somewhat of a of a bull market or, or a a little bit more a high key phase. Um, and Plan B is becoming we're increasingly active on Twitter. Like he had uh, uh, as many many influencers on YouTube and on Twitter, they kind of had their down phases in the uh, last year or so because. Usually, a lot of them made the argument that we go into the six figures, which kind of didn't happen. Then they, they, they went silent. And now that we are pumping again, uh, they are yeah, uh, more active uh, as well. Maybe one more thing on, on, on plan B. Like He got a lot of slack because we, of course, we didn't get to 100k, which he predicted many, many times. Um, but uh, just one thing on him. The first stock to flow model that he ever published, the classical one, is still very much valid because it said that the, the price is gonna be around fifty thousand. The stock flow, stock to X, that he kind of went into the FOMO and couldn't help himself, I guess, uh, that predicted um, six six-digit uh, prices. It's completely invalid, I would say. Uh, but the first stock to flow could still be somewhat valid um depends a little bit on price development over the over the next coming year or so um but we can go into the next chart
0: uh uh this is from mr cohen
1: yeah so <laughs> benjamin cohen gets a lot of slack lately because he he's very much like he he makes the argument uh or made the argument a while back that you know in bear market uh, bitcoin just performs a lot better than uh altcoins and ethereum and he's really doubling down on that with every opportunity he gets uh he made the call that bitcoin dominance is going to move up to he says 60 percent. so every time we get one percent increase he's like really going hard on treating (laughs) that out Mm -hmm. and um he um um uh, he he holds a lot of ethereum and he holds a lot of bitcoin but he gives it a different risk to reward profile he uh, says what most people already know that bitcoin is the better investment in a bear market and eth is the better Im- investment in a bull market and he kind of makes the argument or illustrates with a chart that we could see a little bit more downside on ethereum bitcoin pair um, so what which, do see on the chart um, so we see a comparison between the 2018 19 bear market or um, the uh, green one right the green line um which um we kind of follow along, but with less volatility, and an overlay with a pink line where it's shown the current year, the current uh, Ethereum to Bitcoin um, price. I don't think we will drop as much as we did in 2019. There could be a little bit more downside depending on market sentiment, like um, if general markets or risk on assets in general underperform, there might be a little bit more downside, but it's so hard to say. So for that reason, uh, I always advocate for, uh, it's not either or, it's and. So you should be holding Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, that's at least the stance that, that, that I have. Because uh, let's be honest, um, 90% of the people, uh, they, they uh, underperform uh, the market. And of course, everybody that is listening is uh, part of the 10%. Uh, sadly, I'm not. <laughs> so uh, I just buy and hold dollar cost average, Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't trade these pairs. I I, I just hold. Um, yeah, um, maybe we can do I think we have one, one more chart. Yes. Um. Oh yeah, bull market support bands. Um. And we are above the bull market support band. Um, last time, by the way, which you can see in the lower left part of the screen, um, we had a correction where we Pre- briefly went under the bull market support pad, but this was so considered somewhat of a black swan, which was, you know, March, 2020. Um, and finally, we are above. Um, usually this was a great indicator uh, that kind of, uh, if we were, if we are able, able to hold this and if we find support uh, multiple times on the support band, usually uh, we, we are getting a bull market. And now of course, to conclude, looking us, looking at these three charts, um, like I was expecting a more bearish summer, and I was wrong. Um, at, at least until now, I, I was under the impression that it might be a good idea to go away in May, uh, which wasn't really good advice on my side. Uh, sorry about that. But I still,
0: you know, I, it was also not still, advice. It was just research no, uh, thoughts. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, I think we you could make the argument that we are entering a bull market. Uh, I would make the argument that we are definitely going to retest the. 20-ish thousand dollar area. I, I don't think 12,000 is on the table. I don't think we will see 15,000 again. But um, as we did in other bull markets, we might test not the lows, but somewhere in the vicinity. So last, last time, we saw this with uh, COVID. This, this time, you never know what might happen or what not. What, but, but I Alien think there will invasion. be another opportunity. Alien invasion, totally legit uh, uh, possibility. Um, so yeah, I, I think we there might be another opportunity to to really double down on the investments, and if not, you probably are dollar cost averaging. Uh, so this is good for for for, for us. Um, yeah, that that would be my uh, uh, my my two cents. Uh, have I missed something? Do you? No, here's you, the other.
0: This is the long term uh, net unrealized profit and loss. I mean, it's similar to what Plan B shared on uh, Glassnote. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a chart that's being shared right now a lot on Twitter um, because it seems that we are uh, moving out of this uh, capitulation phase. Um, again, it's really a comparison to how much profit are uh, people and uh, on their bitcoins. And so obviously, when they're in blue, they're like massively in in plus, and that's more the euphoria phase. So yeah, we're breaking out of this, and so yeah. Um, for those of you believing in those cycles, believing that we may be breaking out right now, um, yeah, it's a very popular chart right now that's being shared a lot. Um, yeah, um, okay, then uh, okay. So that's where we are right now. What do you what are you expecting? I mean, uh, we're in a very interesting week. Um, it's uh, last week of the quarter, last week of the of the months, last week of H one. Um, it's uh, very interesting always. What are you expecting? I mean, you mentioned this. Uh, obviously, so far we saw new highs over the last uh, twelve months. Um, how do you how do you judge this summer?
1: I I find it so difficult to make a prediction or to make a claim that is valid short term because there's so many things that kind of like. I don't get where all the bullishness in traditional markets and in, uh, in in crypto markets are coming from right now. Like we, if you look at stocks like uh, the Fang stocks or Nvidia or at Bitcoin, like it, we we are somewhat almost euphoric. Like also Tesla, like everything is performing super well, and in a period where the fundamentals and the the cost of capital is expensive and the future in the short term is somewhat uncertain and how like the best. Judgment of is the near term future uncertain? Is the the yield curve and the yield curve inverted? And like people are somewhat um, uncertain what the short term future brings. And this makes me a bit scared. Like I am very much on my toes right now. uh, And I try to be as much as conservative as possible. I still have a, a, a fairly big cash position. I have a little bit of short-term treasuries, and of course, I'm, I'm trying to DCA my way into mainly Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, of course, uh, we uh, we both Julian and and, and me have another lo- another love uh, that is performing quite well currently because of uh, fundamental development, uh, which is DFI. Um, so these are the three things that that I'm currently trying to call dollar cost average my way into. Uh, but uh, I'm in the short term, I don't have any clue where we might go. I've been slightly wrong, uh, because I I didn't see this uptrend coming, um, but I'm cautious. Um, if we're going from here, it's fine with me, because uh, I already allocated. Like, if you have been following this podcast or these Twitter spaces on YouTube, and, and Julian and me both said, we are heavily allocating during December and January. Um, and um, so I, I'm not fully allocated, but I'm 70 to 80% of my capital is allocated. So I'm good. We can go from here. If the bull market is on, I, I take that. I'm happy with that. If not, um, I'm going to keep dollar cost averaging. That's at least my strategy. I try to be as conservative as possible. I, you know, I don't trade. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what about you? Are you currently looking at to, to increase your positions? Are you on your toes or are you uh, risk on?
0: No, I mean, I've been dollar cost averaging. I think this makes a lot of sense. I think it's, it's not the right time to get greedy right now. I think, um, again, I'm not expecting next year, 2024 to be the year when we're going to go into a new all-time high. I mean, I would be super happy if we are, I'm super happy if we do it earlier. I think it's gonna rather happen the year afterwards. Um, I think we we, people are a bit too impatient to me right now it reminds me a bit of how 2019 was 2019 we also had this pump up and then we had to drop back down Um, we're not even talking about COVID I like let's not kind of talk about 2020 March Um, just if you look at this I mean we were um, close to what 13,000 14,000 in Bitcoin back then and then we dropped down all the way to 8,000 before COVID right so this was quite a, a drop again so I can I don't know I I I'm not expecting it uh, to rally too crazy right now. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Um, One interesting thing I wanted to share, um, this is the options expiry for um, uh, this uh, month. And so we're having quite a strong options expiry here uh, on the 30,000 level. So it's very likely that we're not going to move too far away from it, neither to the downside nor to the upside. Um, Because generally what happens is that uh, people uh, keep it close there so they don't... uh, either lose too much or, or win too much. So it's going to be quite interesting. So uh, I'm expecting probably, uh, this week to be not moving too much. Um, but after like a 15% up week last week, I don't think, um, yeah, that's, uh, too surprising. So, um, yeah, but I think we're really much in line there, Fabio. Um, I think it's a good time to dollar cost average. Um, we're also going to be offering something soon around this, uh, on bake, um, one thing I want to mention here, um, we haven't shared much on a couple of uh, new things that we're going to be launching, and all of this came together with Bake. So you're going to see quite a few things. Um, yeah, a new app, July 10th. Uh, there's going to be new coins, but completely different kind of things that we have so far. Um, dollar cost averaging, uh, access, so, yeah, it's uh, elites going to get totally stocked up and like pushed up. So for those of you that are part of our elites, um, that's going to be quite exciting for you. And so, yeah, as a, as a whole, all of this is uh, really coming together right now. So very much excited about this. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, Fabio, from your side.
1: Um, I think all eyes are on June 10. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and, and just one thing that I uh, I mentioned this within a, a call. So we have what we call community calls. So if you're a super active community member and you're contributing in any way uh, on on the Cake side, uh, we probably talked previously. If not, feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter or on Telegram. Uh, then we definitely should talk. Um, but with these people, we we always ask for that feedback. Um, and we we have around. 10 to 20 people that join these calls regularly and we, we just kind of asked them how did you uh, what how did you perceive the news what kind of features what kind of requests would you love to see and so on and um, we uh, in the past especially in 2020 and 2021 we were so fast with implementing these requests and within the last six months uh, there was this um, uh, a lot of customers they had, a, a wish or a request. And we were always there and we said, okay, we noted that down. And you will see somewhat of a dump of features in one day. Like, that yep. so many people, add, like, just to, to, to maybe tease this without going, giving away uh, anything that is not already public knowledge. So, if you look, for example, at the, the, the movies that, that we kind of, everybody was asking us for, you know, to add more coins and to add a dark mode. Uh, these and if you have been following along, uh, we are adding uh, new new coins and new tokens uh, while just to take a step there at other platforms. While others are delisting, we are adding, and um, the dark mode is coming. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, really exciting for me uh, and many many other things like all kind of the things that make life easier using the platform. Um, so we yeah all eyes are on June tenth. Uh, lots of excitement! Um, uh, I can't wait to to that this goes public and you can really take a look uh, at our new app application uh, in person.
0: it's, it's And all excitement. the all the exciting things that you're gonna see step by step from that. So very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, Fabio. Thanks so much for all these great insights. Very much appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to click the subscribe button. Click the like button. it really helps the algo comment, share if you want to help us with this so that other people see this. And uh, yeah, then we're going to hear you next week as well on the podcast. Same thing on Twitter. Please retweet this and uh, yeah, leave us a comment. Follow us on Twitter as well. If you're not a customer yet, go to bake.io. Take control of your financial destiny. Very much looking forward. Thank you so much for these Beautiful years. Looking forward to so many more beautiful years. All the best. Stay safe, stay healthy, have a beautiful rest of a week. See you next time. Thanks so much, Julian and Fabio. Bye bye.